Good afternoon and thank you for joining me for another member conversation with Rach and I'm here today with Jan Devlin who is the CEO of the Gravity Discovery Centre which is based in Jinjin and um, yeah so Jan just give us a bit of a background about the Discovery Centre. You know, I've sort of I had a look on your website and got a you know um, not knowing much about her astrology and, and and all that sort of thing um give us yeah just sort of give us a, a bit of a rundown on on what it is and what you're doing out there yeah well i better correct you first it's astronomy oh. not astrology oh sorry <laughs> and i and that that's already a funny story because if you say astrology to our head astronomy you're likely to get a very red-faced rick we call him <laughs> I love it. That's that's not science, he says. I want to. I'll tell you about astronomy. Sometimes there's something <laughs> in the in the beginning of our presentations for astronomy evenings. He'll sometimes say, "Now, are there any astrologers in the room?" And if anyone's game to put their hand up, he says, "Well, I'm going to let you off this time. I normally take you out the back, and we dig a hole, and I'll let your imagination um, decide what happens from there." <laughs> <laughs> So oh, that's good. Oh, I, love the gravity, it. I love it. The Gravity Discovery Centre has been here. It was registered as a business in 1999 and the observatory yep. was the first building on site. So it came right. about because uh, the University of Western Australia have a research centre here on site yep. that develops and tests equipment used in gravitational wave detection. Right. <laughs> right. So a, a serious international scientific research centre. Right. And they built they built that out here because it has a certain set of geographical, um, it's, it's a particular geographical set of things that support that research work. Right. Um, and then over the years, they've also put a second research facility out here that houses the largest optical telescope, research telescope in WA called the Zagco Telescope. Um, and so UWA have had always had this site chosen mm. and pegged for research and, right. and that's really the reason we're all here. But yeah. a few years into the development of their research facility, they decided that it'd be amazing to have some public outreach. But yeah. UWA said that we have no money, we wouldn't fund anything like that. Yep. So a couple of very... Um, enthusiastic and passionate professors and around the late 1990s got together and they raised they formed a not-for-profit yep they formed a board and but they raised eight million dollars of um, public and private funding and they put a a not-for-profit public outreach center here on site so it developed between 1999 and 2008 Yep. And we have $6 million worth of facility here. So we have a working public observatory with a roll-off roof and five big telescopes to look at the stars. Yep, yep. We yep. have our main facility, which is like a, it's an interactive science centre with lots of hands-on things for kids and big people to play with. Yep, we have yep. a cosmology gallery, which is a really uniquely designed round building um, that houses three floors of exhibits and we have the famous 45 metre leaning tower. Oh, geez. So, so there's people, all this facility, yeah. So people can come out, Like I, I think um, you open sort of during the night at certain times and people can come out and, and, and look through the telescopes, is that right? Yeah, and we're open every day except Mondays from 10am till 10pm. 
because oh we have goodness. all this daytime. We have walks outside and a, and a one kilometre solar walk with all the planets scale distance from the sun. Right. So and then every Thursday, Friday and Saturday night we run public stargazing. Yep. And then on the other nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we run private groups or schools through the observatory as well. So we're a sort of 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. operation. Yep, yep, yep. And so um, how do you staff it? Yeah. Well, we have a we have uh, five full-time staff and nine casuals. Yep. And five volunteers. Right. And we just run run rosters. <laughs> like with the the science and the how do, like how do you find people to that are that qualified and um, yeah so how do you go with you know keeping up with the science and yes. and and attracting people with that knowledge like because it's pretty specific it is quite specific and it's actually easier than you would think for that exact reason because uh, if you have that specific knowledge where can yeah. you work yeah true so I, I've got a great story during COVID. Um, I have two people who are highly qualified hospitality workers. I think we all know a lot of hospitality workers ditched their jobs during COVID or were ditched, one or the other. Yeah. Um, and I had two people come to me during COVID who were who are both highly qualified hospitality workers, both chefs, and yep. they just have a passion for astronomy. And they came and said, look, while we don't have jobs, could we volunteer out here? And I said, yeah, well, tell me a bit more about yourself. Tell me about your background. Well, two, can you believe? Qualified chefs do this. One had a bit of experience in reception work at a hotel. And I, you oh, know what? what? Do you want jobs? <laughs> so I employed two of my best people just because wow. they, they came basically volunteering for their passion but had this amazing skill set that just suits yeah. us so well. Oh, so how it, awesome. Sometimes it's just, you know, like I finished year 12 and I just love the stars. Could I help out over the summer? It, actually, we usually end up with more people than we can give jobs to. Oh, my goodness. And I guess it's one yeah. of those industries where it's people, you, you're right, it's passion. It's people's passion and what they love doing. So, and I often say to, you know, I said to my kids growing up, you know, find something that you love and then find a way to make a living doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and that's perfectly suited to that. That's um that's just gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, one of our chefs, probably our best chef, really, and he's obviously a highly talented chef. He hates it, hates cooking. He feels in the kitchen if he has two for us, but he doesn't really like it. But he honestly, he is a superstar astronomer. Oh my goodness! So there you go. That's how it happens. He often <laughs> says, like, I can't believe how lucky I am to get up and go and do what I love every single day. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. only yeah. Good on him. <laughs> so with the the science and what what are they actually studying? So what when when they look at the stars, what what are they actually? Because I I'm I will admit I know nothing about yeah uh, yeah astronomy. Yes, got it right. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, yeah. So what are they looking for and what what is what are they doing? So the, I'm not an astronomer either. I run the business, yep. but I employ highly qualified astronomers and some of them have just come from a background of having a passion for looking through telescopes. Yep. Our, our head astronomer is not qualified. Right. He's an amateur astronomer, wow. but, but we also have 
two astrophysicists. Wow. Who are the, that is the specialist qualification. Yep. Um, now, our head astronomer is 50 and our astrophysicists, are, one is almost 30 and one is well into his 30s. Right. And they will, they will both say that our head astronomer knows way, way more than they do after their six years of study so far that they've yeah. both. Um, so the thing about the sky is there's a, it, there's, there's a lot we do know and there's a lot we still don't know. So we can see a certain distance with the powerful telescopes that we have around the world now, but yep. there's a lot beyond that that we haven't even, we don't even know, we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. And when we're looking at the stars out here, if you come and look through the telescopes, that they're looking at stars, planets, nebula, clusters, there's all of these different star formations and planets and things that they show off tr through the telescopes. And at different times of the year, there's different things to look things at. To see. Yeah, okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Right, so so getting back to sort of the business side of, of the organisation, you recently won the Not-for-Profit Award at the Wheat Belt Business um, Excellence Awards. How, so what does that mean for, like, your organisation and your staff and, um, yeah? yeah. Well, it meant that we went out to Meriden to the beautiful Cummins yeah. Theatre for the event. Oh, we had an absolutely fantastic night. It was amazing. Awesome. All the beautiful local food and we, we oh, absolutely nice. loved it. We've only ever driven through Meriden before, so it was wonderful oh. to stop and look and have a little yes. pub around and find out what the town was about. We really it's enjoyed it. It's a gorgeous town. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's just lovely. It was really, as all those little wheat belt towns are, the more I, I see of them, the more I really like the character of them. Yes. Um, but, but you know, to write the, an award like that means that you take a good hard look at your business and what it's yeah. done over the last 12 months. So one, yep. it's like, it's a bit of an evaluation of where you started the year and where you ended up the financial year. And then mm. that prompts you, I think, to think about what you want to do for the next year. Mm. Um, so that's sort of my take on actually the awards process yeah. um, and for the staff everyone just gets really excited and the yeah. board too like it's yes, a it's a reward for hard work for everybody yeah. to get recognized in any way and to be recognized you know across wheat belt businesses and how yeah. we just we're isolated we're 27 kilometers from Jinjin and 27 kilometers from two rocks out in the bush and yep. sometimes our little team, I'm sure we sort of feel like we're just plugging along on our own and yeah. but then get a chance to compare and talk to other businesses, sort of similar sizes. And yeah. it's just a whole lovely experience. And the staff love telling people, look, we won an award. Yeah, and that's awesome. We had our AGM last night and the board recognised the, the award that we had won with the Wheat Belt. So, yep. you know, you get a pat on the back from your board. And oh, that's it, awesome, yeah. It's just a, a really positive experience. It's hard yeah. work, mind you. Yes, I know, I know it is, especially when you look at some of the questions and, you, and, yeah, and you've got to kind of take that outside look at yourself. That's what's kind of probably hard is to take that step back and say, look at it, you know, from, I guess, just from an observer's point of view rather than from that, stuck in it every day sort of thing yeah it's like it's like that old adage isn't it you get to work on your business a little bit rather than in yeah. it all yeah that's right exactly so so what what is in store for the discovery center for the next year or two 
Well, we've had in plan, we've had in process now for four and a half years a plan to put some accommodation on site. So wow. that is getting. Oh. We will have that completed within the next year. It's very very close now. Fantastic. So it'll be it'll be six, um, like a glamping option really, but Aboriginal like traditional Aboriginal Maya Mayas they're called. So the little right. rounded huts that you see pictures of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But built in modern materials and on platforms out in our bush out here. So people will be able to do our Aboriginal stargazing and then go yeah. sleeping for those, which there'll only be six of them and an ablutions block. So when you look yep. at them from the top of the tower, it will look like the constellation called the Seven Sisters or Yokalurung in oh, Aboriginal. Right. Yep. So we're very excited about that. We just, after such a long haul trying to get them over the line, we're, we're now confident that we're going to have them in the next year. So that's very exciting. Yes, I'll say. Yeah, beyond that, we ha also have a big upgrade planned here because we have been here for 20 plus years now. And yep. Um, yeah, we can do, we, we think we can do with an upgrade. So we've gone through a big planning process for that and we're about to embark on a, a try to raise the funding all over again like they did in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you still have that close relationship with UWA, obviously. So do you UWA? have like graduate programs and do you sort of have um, people come in and out from the university or how does that work? Yeah, well, I mean... We because we're co-located with them here on site, we do have the, the a relationship with them. And one of our astrophysicists is also on a research project in one of the research facilities right. with UWA out here. Um, yep. So he crosses over. He he's on his he's doing a PhD, and then he work he's worked for us for about four years yep. during that process. And, but the other astrophysicist that we have, who is also still studying, he's out of Curtin. Right. <laughs> um, and we meet regularly with both UWA and Curtin. They have um, quite a broad scope, both of them, across space exploration and astronomy. And well, like, people will know about the SKA, the Square Kilometre Array being built in the Murchison, which is a huge um, acres and acres and hectares and hectares, you say, hectares and hectares these days of, yes. um, of radio astronomy uh, antenna wow. that are part of a worldwide network that will allow us to see further into space than we've ever seen before. So yeah. one of our staff is working on that project as well. Um, yep. And and we the, our observatory staff are doing a collaboration with the ZAGCO research team as well about measuring um, light pollution and the dark oh. sky readings and things. Yep. Um, and they we've worked collaboratively with the unis on that dark sky where we're doing an international dark sky application to protect the dark skies here for yep. stargazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the yeah. wheat belt's one of the best places to I know um that astro tourism's becoming quite a buzzword and and people are actually engaging in um yeah in, in astro tourism and the wheat belt with our beautiful yeah. big open skies is perfectly poised to take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we um because we've been here for such a long time, um, it were, we decided that we'd go on a mission to try and preach, because we're only an hour from Perth, and we're right yes. on, on the lower edge of the wheat belt, but the skies is just as good. So we so you're not, you don't get light pollution from Perth no. affecting you? Oh, wow. No. 
so we we wanted to protect that so yeah yeah that's all about this international dark sky application that we've put in which we now have provisional status will be the first one in western australia and it's the whole shire of Jinjin. so the shire wow. of Jinjin will actually become probably the wa tourism capital of yeah, the, the astro tourism capital of wa wow so does that mean like that dark sky project is that is that trying to minimize the light impact yeah. on how the hell do you do that <laughs> yeah well it's it's actually quite straightforward so any development now within the whole shire of Jinjin from here on in is yep. state government legislated which is through this process that we've been through yep. that if you're going say say two rocks is going to expand double double in size for instance yeah all the lighting they install will have to be installed in a particular way so that there's no light spill upwards. It can only yeah, be downwards. And so there's all sorts of particular wow. light fittings and bulbs and things that will, so it won't stop the development, but, no, it, will, but just, uh, it will make sure that the skies aren't polluted. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up, like, where did you come from and how did you end up as a CEO knowing so much about this but not being an astronomer yeah. <laughs> or a physicist yeah. or well anything? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, mean, I have an interesting background because I this is my second career. I had a career in gymnastics. Oh. So, yeah, for 20 years I um, managed gymnastics facilities and I had, we had a national program, a business partner and I, that ran yep. gymnastics programs in primary schools and sporting organisations. And we built that business up for till it was quite big and we sold it in 2010 and I retired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and while I was retired and I, a gymnastics, an old colleague called me and asked me, would I like to go and work in on Aboriginal communities in Cape York? Right. And I said, oh, not really. And then he told me how much money he was going to pay me. And I said, yes, I think I want to do that. Thank you very much. And so I did that for a couple of years and then I loved it. And then I went yep. and worked in an Aboriginal community on Cape York for a year. And wow, I, ran that's miles away. <laughs> yeah, I ran their multi-purpose centre. Um, yep. And then I, during that period, I realised that actually this is what my strength is, running business and running facilities. Because yep. I run gymnastics facilities, then I was running an Aboriginal community facility. Yeah. And there's a there's a set of circumstances whereby you run the business that it, it's pretty much the same, especially Regardless. if it's in facility mm. management. Yes. Yep. Um, and so then after that year, we, I had, we have two children, one in Melbourne and one over here in Perth. And they yep. got together and said, we want you and Dad to stop wandering around the country and come back. We're going to get married and have children. Oh. <laughs> so that was in 2014 yes. and we had two weddings and five grandchildren in five years. So they weren't joking. Oh my gosh. Wow. And our all our family and old contacts are in Melbourne and our son was really well supported and surrounded by lots of family. He married yeah. an Italian girl. Lovely. So our daughter over here married a New Zealander who had no family here at all. Mm. So we came to support her. Yep. And they happened to be living next door to someone that was connected here. And God. they asked me, would I help out with some business stuff? And it sort of grew from there. And here yeah. I am nine years later. I said, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll help out for a year. <laughs> Golly gosh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, then, and then I just, so I run the business and I do the best I can doing that. And I employ yep. the best people I can find yes. with the expertise we need. Yes. And they've taught me the basics about what I know 
Um, yeah. But I know a smidge about what they know. They are absolutely yeah. exceptional oh. at what they do. I love the team we've built. Yes. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I haven't been able to leave because I just like it too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What a what a terrible situation to be in. <laughs> oh, I know. That's just awesome. Yeah. And I, I and I hear you on the. Um, my business is a bit the same. I surround my, my I employ people who are much better at the specifics than I am. And yeah, I, yeah and re, you know, it really does. I think um, we need to remember sometimes that by employing people who are better than us is not is not our weakness. It's 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 you know, it's a strength because you you do what you're good at, but you fill the gaps with people who can do it better than you. Mm. Absolutely. I'm absolutely passionate about, um, mm. passionate about promoting the Aboriginal culture. And if we yep. learnt one thing in the few years we were working amongst Aboriginal communities, it's it's about family and relying on each other and being honest and open and yes. trustworthy and respectful and yes. all these yep. wonderful things that, that we don't always employ in business. Yeah, but, that's right. But, once you do it, you just—it's the best place to be. It's revolutionary, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is. And there's a lot more of it these days. Yeah, that's right. Well, I've probably taken up enough of your time, and um, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and giving oh, us a little bit of insight on what you do. I think, um, well, not that now that you know it's not that far away. When my uh, I've got kids coming up soon. I think um, I'm going to be taking a trip out to Jinjin. <laughs> yeah, come and see us. Yes, yeah. I'd love to. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's WBN Member Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it across your socials or snap a photo where you're listening from and send it to us via Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. If you're interested to find out more about WBN, or want to sign up as a member, head to www.wheatbeltbusinessnetwork.com.au.